Hi everybody and welcome to episode 13 of the GA and Gym podcast. My name is Oshin Quinn I'm your host for this year. We're actually episode 13. I don't think we get to that many up to this point, but we're going well. We're going well. Still a few more to, to come. Um, so, yeah, this uh, this one I think is going to be a good one. I think you're going to enjoy this. Um, I know I really enjoyed the podcast itself, chatting to, chatting to Connor. Um, I think there's a lot of information we can take from this here one and a lot of sort of different side of things even chatting about mental health too so I think this one's going to be good. Now before I kind of talk a bit more about that episode what I want to do is just mention first off we have the Quinn Strength Jumpers or the sweatshirts they've been selling really well up to this point so anybody that has got one just a massive thank you I really appreciate it. Um, now they are still available to buy and if you order them probably within the next week um, they'll be there for Christmas and everybody knows that's what everybody wants for Christmas is a Quinn Strength sweatshirt so go on to the Quinn Strength website or else just go through my Instagram bio uh, Quinn Strength Edition on Instagram and you can find it there um, and it'll be here before Christmas I would say as well as that we have the t-shirts and vests all up on the website so you can get them they're like £12 so like nothing and get them uh, if you want if you need them you know and they are all available now and as I say they'll be available for the next sort of week or so as well um, online coaching uh, so anybody that's maybe looking for spaces after Christmas in January uh, if you sort of message or sign up now within the next or between now and Christmas we'll be able to get everything processed so that we can start in January so it's a I think anybody sort of knows if you want to do something you do it right and if you're not sure what you're doing you get help with it um, so if you're thinking about starting a new year's resolution and um, you don't know what way to go about it this is possibly a good way to do it or maybe a good christmas present for someone but online coaching is available again instagram quinstring edition to the bio the other thing i wanted to mention was i got a message from a lad called tom Sahare, who is from uh, Helltown in county down and he asked me to give a shout out to um, a charity project him and his family do now, I'm not sure the pronounce, pronunciation of this here. Um, Lido I Eliminations, L E O D E Eliminations. So that's L E O D E Eliminations. And basically, um, they're a house in County Down and they just put a pile of decorations on their house. And look at the pictures in here, and there's a lot of decorations on their house. And um, basically, they raise money for uh, the Southern Area Hospital in Down and uh, they've raised quite a bit of money to date this is their 14th year of doing it and i think they have a just given page or a yeah gofundme page on their facebook facebook page so um anyone that does fancy being a wee bit generous and giving some to charity or just even giving a wee bit of exposure it's l-e-o-d-e illuminations it's l-e-o-d-e illuminations on facebook go and check them out and if you have some spare cash fire it on them so yeah so yeah on today's podcast we have AFL player, former, well not former, still Maharaj man, um, former County Derry player at uh, all underage levels, um, hopefully we'll see him at senior level very soon, uh, Micken, well appears to be big waves over in Australia too, he's getting on really well and I, I've never met um, Connor before and uh, we've marked each other before actually in a game but I've never met him and uh, a really really nice lad and really opens up about everything in here and, and just seems like one of those people is, is more than willing to to um, open up about his experiences and help anybody else out that they can. So, um, Connor Glass is on the podcast today. I think you're going to enjoy this one. If you do, put it up in your stories on Instagram, share it around. But yeah, without further ado, episode 13 of the GA and Gym podcast is with AFL's Connor Glass. Connor, good to have you on the podcast. 
Cheers, boss. Thanks for having me. So, how long have you been uh, home from? I've home been home for uh, probably a month now. Um, leave next Wednesday, so it's so obviously a good break to refresh and stuff like that. But yeah. looking forward to get back out into the hard work. How um how is the time back been? Have you been doing much training, or have you been just out partying, or what have you been <laughs> up to? Uh, a bit of both. Uh, probably not partying that much. Um, I've had a few days obviously let off a bit of steam and stuff like that, but um, obviously an athlete you just have to look after your body. You can't be too stupid with it. So yeah. I've been training three or four times a week. So you have a bit of an injury at the minute as well. You doing a lot of rehab and that then? Yeah. So I have a bit of a groin injury and abdominal injury. So um, looking after that is probably the key for me in this mm-hmm. uh, this off season. So. Uh, I'll make sure that's fully right before I get back yeah. to the hard work. And um, how horrible do you think the training's going to be whenever you get back then? Um, lucky enough for me, because obviously I'm battling this injury, it won't be too yeah. bad. Um, I'll probably be uh, pretty late until after Christmas, but I'm sure I'll be looking on uh, probably um, thank, like, thank you I'm not doing all yeah. the hard work, because I've done it the past two years and it's yeah, it's not fun. Just to give people <coughs> an idea, like, you know, kind of generally, what would be an example of like how does the pre-season look? terms of training in the week and then what do the sessions look like um yeah so pre-season is probably made up of three main sessions during the week so monday wednesday friday mm-hmm. is the main training session so that includes all your aerobic and running and all that sort of stuff and treat like ball work yeah uh tuesday it's more like a circuit based bike boxing swimming mm-hmm. gym uh thursday's day off and then saturday's just like a light jog or uh, get the legs going Saturday morning and then usually have your weekend off yeah and uh, the kind of aerobic work you're doing is it longer runs is it more intervals or what kind of style does it look like in pre-season um, it kind of depends on your body type as well right. um, so some of the like, positions you might play okay, in a wing yeah. half back where you'd be in lo- longer runs and mm-hmm. <coughs> stuff like that whereas a big boy like a rocker or a key forward would be doing more uh, anaerobic stuff okay. uh, more probably body work stuff and actually pushing off one another um, yeah. so it's kind of dictated by your position okay uh, that's kind of interesting. I didn't think they would actually split you into groups, but I suppose it makes a bit more sense out, doesn't it? It does, yeah, because obviously you don't want a ruckman running with the best yeah. run on your team. Like, um, So like we're all split into usually Group A is the aerobic group, uh, Group B is the anaerobic group, and then Group C is the, yeah. the big boys, so you don't do that much running. And um, how do you find, like, as you're running, have you found that you're still, like, you're at the level of everyone else's, or have you been still trying to catch up from being over here, or how do you find the level is? Um, well, I think I've got better over the past couple of years. So I'm in Group A, um, and last year I was so I was playing defence last year, and uh-huh. it's usually the all the midfielders and stuff that are in Group A. Yep. Whereas I was the only defender in Group A, so okay. that was probably a good sign. Yeah, um, that's good. So I'm actually, I've been feeling good the last couple of years, and uh, hopefully, I can continue to build on that. And do you think you'd be more of like a kind of like if you're describing yourself, I think you'd be more of that kind of aerobic, um, play all day sort of thing, or would you be more the kind of power? Power kind of athlete, do you um, think? I think I kind of think of like a bit of utility. Yeah, um, that's a crossover to me too. So I can cross over between and um, I can play tall and small. Um, yeah. So that's the day said. It's one of my benefits that I can actually play a bit of everywhere. So yeah, uh, that's the thing going in my favour. How difficult has it been like adjusting to the game? Because you obviously you went over when you were younger. Did it take a good year or two to adjust it, or did it come quickly? Or um, so I would say they scouted me when I was. 15, 16. Yeah. Um, so I actually knew a bit about the sport, how the ball like, what, mm-hmm. what the ball was like, uh, all the technique and stuff to come with. So when I went out there full time, it wasn't as if it was something new to me. Um, yeah. And I had, I went out after school, so I went out in June. I only had three or four months until the season ended. So uh-huh. that was probably a, that was probably the best thing for me um, to go out play a few games and then come back home again and then yeah. really attack the year after that. Mm-hmm. And um, 
like thinking back, I know it's going back a bit, but that recruiting process, like what did that look like? Because you were like fairly young whenever they started that process with you. Was that, was that a weird thing to kind of take on or did it just kind of come natural to you? Um, yeah, so I was, as I said, I was 15 at the stage and I was down in Oakleaf on Muller's Day and dad got the call from the recruiter at Hawthorne and right. uh, he didn't believe it. Like he just didn't make anything of it. And then we received an email and stuff like that and it kind of went from there. Um, but obviously as a 15 year old, you're still in school and you're focusing on Gaelic and stuff like that. So it's, this is just a something completely random and yeah. you kind of think it's like, oh, it could be an opportunity, but it's so far away. Did you think <laughs> at the time like how big it could have been or did you not even probably realise? Probably didn't realise that much because honestly yeah. I didn't know too much about the sport. Obviously we, we would have seen like the highlights and of the big hits and uh -huh. the big marks and stuff like that, but the actual game style, moving to Melbourne, like that didn't really hit yeah. into me until I was 17, 18. It's crazy. And how has the kind of move been over there? Like, has it been been tough moving over, or have you enjoyed it so far? Um, oh, it's it's been unbelievable. Eh? Yeah. Um, I'm sure any other 18 year old would yeah. love to be in my shoes at that stage. Like two days after my final exam, I flew out to Melbourne by myself. Like I'd say that exam wasn't too good. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, I, it was hard to focus on exams and schoolwork. So. Um, but yeah, I'm loving it. Like, so I went out as I said, 18 year old, moved out. And didn't know many people in Melbourne, but obviously the coaches and yeah. my teammates obviously helped me move out. And obviously having Connor Nash out there too uh -huh. was yeah, it was a big. It's good work. having someone else go over at the same point with you, like yeah. And obviously, like both of us having the same aims and um, pretty much dreams, like so. And do you live together, or do you like at that stage where you living together? Or what does? Um, so he came out. He came out the four year. Uh, sorry, four months after me. Uh -huh. um, so then he moved in with me when he came out. Okay. And then we lived with the host family for two years, and then both of us moved out last last Christmas to right. our own place. And living kind of yourself now, then over there. Uh, so me, Connor, and another Irish boy, a boy Dave Mannix, right. uh, live out there at the minute. So three bedroom house. And what's uh what's that like? Do you get up too much, like whenever you <laughs> have a spare time yeah, or mis mischief? Uh, Aye, we do. Yeah, well, we like to enjoy ourselves. Um, there's not that much of a drinking ban out there because you can't yeah. expect to. Aye, as a professional, you're expected to. Yeah. Um, so we try to have house parties and stuff together as right. much as we can. You trying to replicate the Holy Lands over there? That's pretty much <laughs> it. It's not that bad. I, I, I would hope not. <laughs> I'd hope not. Um, so what was like? That's obviously the good parts about moving over. What was the what was the hard parts? Or what was the bad parts? You know, initially moving over. Um, probably hard part was just leaving everything yeah. behind, leaving your family, friends, and whatnot. Um, that's probably the same as anyone moving over to Australia, like. Yeah. Um, and then kind of just having the. It probably only hit me last year, even two years ago, about um, the mental stress of being a professional athlete. Like, yeah, everything's driven towards success and um, what, what am I trying to say? Success and you, you scrutinise on your performance every time. Yeah. Um, whereas if you had a normal job, you wouldn't be scrutinised on. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get that one done. You're, you're not playing. Like you're not working. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the hard part. Uh, so you have that kind of anxiety around, you know, performing probably? That's 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 what's dictated around is performance. Yeah. There's 44 or 45 boys on the list and there's only 22 who can play on any given day. So How do you deal with that? Uh, we, have a, uh, we have a psychologist and I, I only probably started using her last uh -huh. year, two years ago. Um, so the guy is in a, wasn't a big hole like I was in a hole yeah. and I needed to get out of it. And I used this psychologist, uh -huh. her name was Tara at the time, um, and she obviously helped me with that. And... Um, Obviously, once I started using her, my forms got better as well. Yeah. Uh, I was able to deal with it better. And then I would usually just catch up with her, say, once a week. Yeah. 
even if I was feeling fine, just have a chat. Uh-huh. So that, was, that was probably the main thing for me. And was there any like strategies or any kind of like mm. tools that you used to kind of you know help get over it or anything that that helped you kind of get past that? Um, yeah. So the main one for me was like social media and um, say Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like reading the comments, obviously, fucking wouldn't help. Yeah. Um, so that was probably the main thing for me was just don't look at it. Uh-huh. Don't pay too much attention, and then once you leave the club, just go on like in your everyday life and just forget about football for that time. Once yeah. you get back in the club, that's your job. You're here and then to work hard, and then forget about it once you leave the doors. Yeah, like I think it's one of the things people will always focus on the the positive of it and be like, "Geez, that's unbelievable! You're over there." But uh, it's, you probably can't understand until you go over there. You do have that, you know, that anxiety and that stress around performing yeah. all the time, like. Um, but I'm sure that's something that you'll probably, I suppose it's any walk of life, you know, you will always have that, but it's finding ways to deal with it, like, isn't it? Yeah. You probably get better as time goes on, too. Yeah, obviously, um, like Gaelic obviously would have helped me, too, uh, yeah. through my childhood. And, um, like, even when I was under 10, under 12, like, I would have just lost it. Like, yeah. if, if, it w- if it wasn't going my way, I would have lost it. And then uh-huh. uh, over the, over the whatever it is, six years, seven years after that, I was able to deal with it better, yeah. and that probably put me in good stead too, um, to keep level headed when I went out there. Right. Like I think you have a very unique, you're in a very unique situation that you were like a, you started like you're a big name from you were what like under fourteen, yeah. you know, f- but like really like everybody knew who you were. You were playing Macquarie teams, like not many other young players were going through that. Like was that, like was it hard sort of dealing with that? I don't know, would it be pressure or having that all kind of eyes on you? Or did you even pick up on it? Uh, I would have picked up on it. Not not when I was 14 or 15. Yeah. Um, it was more around 17, 18 when actually social media and everything started pl- coming into play. Yeah. Um, but <coughs> also, uh, I reckon my upbringing would have helped. Like that yeah. also helped with it. Um, parents obviously kept me level-headed too. So mm-hmm. um, that was one thing that helped me. Yeah. It's obviously just must be like it. You having all the eyes on you. Do you think it was? Is it even tough, kind of going over there, and you you feel like you have to fulfil all that there? What people are thinking as well. Uh, that was one of the main things that I went out thinking. Um, leaving, obviously leaving everything, and everyone will be watching. Yeah, will be watching me and seeing how I'm getting on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it drives me as well. Like once, if I do something well, it's yeah, like people recognise it back home and that motivates me more to uh, yeah. push harder so you get your good and the bad with it with anything like so um you kind of just got to take the positives out of it well that's it like do, do you think now you know being three or four years in do you still think about that as much or is it kind of do you focus now more on yourself and your own game rather than those outside influences uh it's probably just intrinsically yeah uh, that's what tara the psychologist said to me um uh, we d- we done a session one day and she asked me a lot of questions and mm-hmm. all my answers were about external things, whether it be friends, family, yeah. uh, the public and stuff like that. And that one hit me then was, geez, I think too much about what others think of me rather yeah. than actually just focusing on myself. So that's what I've got better at. And do you think your performance has improved since you've done that or have you noticed anything different there? Um, performance, it's it's hard to say that that was just twor- completely towards my uh-huh. performance. Um but it's helped me mentally um, and yeah. be able to deal with stuff a lot better too. So um, that yeah. helped me. Yeah. Like it's a lot to deal with at a, at a young age. And I think it, it's one of the things I think 
everybody's guilty of it but you always look at somebody else's situation and think geez that looks brilliant there like yeah. that looks class but you don't see maybe the other side of things and the difficulty with it and um i think it's good that you're chatting because there's there's people that will be sitting thinking he's has a time over there but you know it's maybe not as simple as that like yeah. but um yeah that's interesting that's interesting um so kind of going back to whenever you were younger i know this is kind of going back a bit but like you were, for anyone that doesn't know, you were playing uh, Mercury Cup football when you were, f- was it fourth year, wasn't it? Fourth year, 15, yeah. And was that, like, did you not think at the time this is a bit mental or was it just kind of normal for you? Or? Um, so I actually started off as sub goalkeeper that year. Right. Uh, early in the year, like in group stages and stuff like that. Um, so I played sub, sub goalkeeper down in Glen against the convent. So at that stage, I wasn't ever thinking about playing on the starting team for yeah. Mercury Cup and the Hogan Cup like that year. Um my opportunity arose in the semi-final of Inuri mm-hmm. when Connor Carwell got sick the morning of the game. So I came on and replaced him, started centre half back, and then from there, it just yeah. it honestly just spiralled. Um, yeah. I was performing well at that stage, and like a man marking jobs to do <coughs> on the oppositions, yeah, like better players. So again, it just snowballed from there. And you was on Macquarie Cup. Was it two years in a row? You was on it. Yeah, so, yeah, 13 and 14. 13 and 14. And then the following year, following years, you were... We got beat in the semi-final by Dungannon. Was that, that was your probably last... That was the year above me, so... And was that your last year then? No, so I, I, and the year after that, so I, we won it the year after that as well, so that was the year I captained it. Must have been nice kind of finishing off that way, was it? Yeah, obviously seeing the stages from being the youngest in the team and then... Being the captain of the team, being the oldest was uh, yeah, it was a bit weird when I went up those steps. I would say so, like, but that must have been must have been amazing too, especially having that kind of low of the defeat in the third year and then being able to bring it back and win it. Um, but it's so competitive, Macquarie football, like, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's it's like it's the hardest stage. Yeah, it's it's, it's honestly it's obviously the standard of football is good, but it's the intensity and the hard hitting of everything too, the yeah. natural pressure of it. Yeah. Um, because boys are only young, as, as I said, you can be 15 or you can be 18, so you, there's a massive age difference there. Yeah. Um, but it's it put me in good stead. Um, it's obviously a great standard of football. I'd say so. I'd say what probably helped you too is like you were playing at the highest standard from you were 15, which really probably helped you develop too, even without realizing like over the over the couple of years after that. Yeah, like and even the players that I was playing with, like I was playing with James Kearney, Stevie, Connor Carvel, yeah. um, Jared Bradley, all these sort of boys that. Like we're obviously outstanding Aye. footballers. That team you've had, I think, whenever you were fourth year, was a pretty, pretty good team. Like there's even boys now are all playing for Derry and stuff, but that was a good team. Like they, I think they were unbeaten through their school year, so they Aye. won it every year. Um, and then they won the Hogan as well that year, didn't they? So we, we beat Navin, so uh, Connor Nash's school. He was actually at the all game right. watching it. So um, I was actually met up with a few. I was down in Navin there last weekend at uh-huh. Nash's birthday and. I met up with a few of the boys that I was playing against really? and I hadn't seen in five, six years. Strange. So it was a bit weird, like I was having a beer with them. Uh, and like the last time I'd seen them was in the Hogan final. It's weird, like, a lot has changed. A lot has changed and they're like, cursing a bit at me as well. <laughs> I'd say <laughs> so, <laughs> eh? What, um, what was the session like after those air ones? Like, uh, was, I oh, know. After the yeah. wins? Uh, I, well, I, I didn't drink until I was 18, like, so. Responsible. Very responsible. <laughs> um, so I was out sober. Uh, yeah. So I met her in school the next day when a lot of the boys didn't. Was that not weird walking <laughs> around school and everybody like sitting looking at you and stuff? And um, it probably was the weirdest one was probably the last year. Uh-huh. Um, 
obviously a lot of young young ones coming through and you're on stage too and you had a chat to them and yeah. you're hung you're hung over at that stage too in, in my final year like so um, may not have gave the best talk <laughs> yeah my voice is broken that say so um and like now obviously like whenever you're playing you had kind of like a big afro and stuff so you're pretty recognizable yeah. and even now like you know is it weird you know if you walk into places i know you're you were saying you're out in belfast or like like whenever you walk into the hatfield you know that there's about 50 percent of the room is going to know who you are like is that a weird a weird thing or um obviously it's pretty weird like um yeah but you got to take the positives out of it as well like yeah um a lot of people like to be in those shoes uh-huh. but you kind of watch you, you've got to watch out like what you do and you're in this public eye all the time so you can't Somebody's be trying to you catch can't you be acting like a dickhead eh? yeah and do you ever get anybody giving you kind of a bit of hate or anything or anybody you, ever you get a bit of it yeah um mostly when they have a few drinks in them so that's when you go into that thing yeah i don't know if they're just trying to be smart or like joking around like but you just gotta take it on the chin you can't be fucking throwing punches yeah i think it i think it's like anything it's it says a lot about people when they say stuff like that but mm-hmm. it's, it's probably hard not to react to especially um, if you beer in you <laughs> especially if you beer yeah. yeah um <laughs> do you think long term like if all goes to plan would you like to see yourself out there you know ideally for the rest of your career or do, could you see yourself maybe another couple of years or have you thought that for uh, ahead? Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I get that question so much. Um, it's like, oh, when you're coming when back, you back to play? when are you back? Um, but I've once I went out there first time, like I said, I'm going to take it each year as it comes, and yeah. I'm still doing that. Um, my plan is to come back, obviously play for Glen and Derry and do mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff that I dreamed about as a kid. Yeah. Um, but when that is, I don't know. Um, but I've got to do what's best for me in the end of the day. Um, yeah. whether it's staying out there and living out there, raising a family out there. Or back here you never know so yeah each year as it comes i think that's it and you know what you probably can't plan it either you can think what you're going to do but life kind of throws you curveballs at you too all exactly. the time like and this like this job i'm in is completely dictated towards how your body's pulling up so if yeah an injury touch would like um that's it that can ruin that can ruin the whole thing what do you think if you weren't playing football what do you think you'd be doing um so i'm a big i'm big on the design and art and stuff like right. that um so previously going through school I always wanted to do architecture and something okay that sort of direction yeah um but i'm doing i'm in the middle of doing a business degree a commerce degree out there at the minute so really? i'm doing it part-time um just studying online uh, um, how is that it's grand it takes a bit of motivation to be honest I so, uh, <laughs> um, it's tough like there's i don't have any i don't have to go on campus i can just do it online and do it mm-hmm. myself um mm. and then if i need any like, shoots or anything like that or extra help i just say through the club and they come out to the club so yeah and are they kind of encouraging you to do that as well or is it yeah. you kind of taking it on yourself sort of no it's they well i obviously wanted to do that yeah. and i got my exam stuff just to do this um but they push it hard so like a lot of the boys do yeah they do everything everyone does something i say football or be study or an apprenticeship or an internship or stuff to get there just to keep busy aye and then i suppose it's you know just in case something does happen you have something you can kind of come back out too as yeah, well like. make the transition from football to everyday life a lot easier yeah. um so they they do a lot of work in that area which is good what's it like whenever you come home and everything's so much slower is it <sighs> uh, is it nice or is it tough I, it's it's a bit of both i guess nice at times and it's obviously nice the first couple of weeks as i said yeah you're cashing up with everyone uh-huh. you're seeing everyone it's good crack like and then everyone goes back to their normal lives yeah and you're just left there like <laughs> what do i do like i train in the mornings and then I've not much else to yeah. do after that, um, but it's good. Like 
um once i go back there i'll be full on training and whatnot too so yeah um i've got to enjoy just chilling out and just looking after myself at the minute that's it eh? and what's the city like over there is it nice is it you know like uh, i've never never been but is there as many irish as made out in australia it's ridiculous amount of irish out there honestly yeah um melbourne's such a nice city too like yeah um it's like it's known as the sporting capital of the world like just sports every week uh-huh. and once i go back out the australian open the tennis will be on too like so yeah get down to that um but if you like if you want to catch up with a few irish ones you just go into a local irish public and uh, everywhere's right. just packed and that's the best thing about it like because it's mad like i like i see there's a load of like the the two johnny's the podcast and then there's another um podcast up in belfast like they're doing the tours of australia and they're like how the fuck are they doing the tour of Australia? But yeah. then there's like it's nearly just like wee Irish towns and probably most of them places like like everyone pretty much every town has some Irish in it, like either there at the minute or from descent, like yeah. Um every Irish every even pretty much every Australian I talk to is like, Oh yeah, my great grandfather was from Cork. I'm like, All right, <laughs> good to know. It's weird, like I I everyone's Irish. Yeah. Um and then do you just have kind of a strict diet when you're over there playing or is it on to yourself to do it or how does that work? Uh, we have a nutritionist obviously at the club um, mm-hmm. and she, we get skin folds done once every three weeks, every four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to watch what you eat. Um, how fat are you? I'm a skinny fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't look fat but I struggle with my skin folds for some reason. Right. Uh, like I get them in the random places like my tricep and my mm-hmm. quad are the worst places for it and it's just, yeah. r- I can't get rid of it. Like, um, but Probably not doing any harm, like not doing like uh, it doesn't affect me at all. Yeah. But um, you've obviously got to watch what you eat, and especially here when I'm here and everyone's in Australia training, so I've got to watch what me here and um, yeah, get that calorie deficit. That's <laughs> what it's all about, isn't it? Um, and then what sort of things would you be eating, like like what would a sort of what would your diet look like in a normal day at, at the minute or when I'm out there? Whenever you're out there playing, say, um, well, I'm I'm not too fussed with like I don't go over the top with it. I just try to stick to a routine yeah. and um like mornings just cereal and whatnot too mm-hmm. and you just try not eat if i eat carbs or something with my lunch i don't eat with my dinner or else if i don't eat carbs i'll have it with my dinner like you've just yeah. got to watch what Aye. what i eat and like it's pretty much the quantity uh-huh. you just don't go over the top with it yeah like it's not uh, everyone that i've kind of been chatting to this podcast like it's nothing really crazy or you know you're not there's nothing sec- there's no secrets there's that you're no getting secrets. out there like just real basic stuff isn't yeah, it everyone like everyone's like especially with gym work too is like oh teach me something like show Aye. me something that you're doing in the gym like it's the same exercises Aye. like it's like i get the questions i do like a q a on a sunday and i get a lot of questions and yeah. every week i'm like um what should i do for speed what should i do for this what should i do for that yeah. and like i've put up about 200 workouts yeah. It's all it's all out there. Like there's yeah. no secret workout there's or anything. No secret, yeah. um, but I think people like they. You think it's it makes these things seem a wee bit more achievable and attainable when you think there is a secret to it. Yeah. But the secret is it's just putting the work in and being consistent, exactly, like, isn't yeah, it? Just holding yourself to account with it as well. Yeah. Have you watched that game changer documentary? So I watched their last. It was their last week or two weeks ago, and I've actually tried to do the vegan diet. So I've I've been on. Um, like a vegan diet probably for the last week or so now. Right. How is um, that one? I'm actually enjoying it. It's something different. Changes up your diet and I like cooking as well. So I cooked a cauliflower and chickpea uh, curry there two nights ago and right. it was unbelievable. Was so it? changed enough of it. It's, it's You're going to have like to put, uh, put some of them recipes up on Instagram or I something? Know, send it through to you. Send it through. <laughs> so I would actually imagine as well it would be a lot easier to eat vegan 
over in Australia because there's probably more vegan restaurants and stuff. How to do here, like? Yeah, I want to know. So when I got home, um, like even with shopping and stuff, it's hard to get actual vegan food. Yeah. Um, but there's vegan cafes and there's a vegan massive vegan section like yeah. sections in the supermarkets too. Like so. That's it. Like I think, obviously, that documentary is caused a bit of a buzz and people probably don't realize here in Ireland anyway it, it would be very difficult to do it long term just because of just not having enough food choices yeah. but if you were in America or Australia or something where there's a vegan shop in every corner yeah. you'd have a much better chance exactly yeah. but feeling better doing that then or um, it's probably too early to tell yeah. um, like I've lost a bit of weight too which is w- yeah. which was my aim too so it's it's. I don't think this will be a long term thing because as an athlete it's probably not with sustainable yeah. um, like you've got to get some sort of meat and protein into you um, yeah. especially with all the training I'm going to be doing so I think this is just to try the error and see how it goes that's it like I think it's always good to try them things but you know I think the more you kind of sit and think on it, it it's a bit of common sense too if you're eating too much meat and it's from a shit source yeah. that's not going to be good for you and eating more plants and vegetables is definitely going to help you too so it's just yeah. getting the balance between all that like it's like most things, it's not rocket science. Yeah. It's just a bit of common sense. Like, uh, Erdin Tishler says, like the more colourful your plate is, the better it is. So, yeah. that's yeah. that's that's a simple secret there. And do you get like, um, like, would they send you out meals or anything, or is it you just kind of sort yourself out? Do you? um, as a club, we they provide the food. So there's a cafe downstairs, mm-hmm. and they provide the the lunches and stuff like that. And then there's a kitchen at the club, like so they have all the cereals, there's snacks there. So if yeah. you like fruit and stuff like that, so if you actually ever need anything. It's at the club anyway. So yeah. Um, yeah. And how do you kind of haven't really chatted about this? Um, this is the whole name of the podcast. Do you do much gym work out there? Um, obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, as an athlete, that's uh-huh. what our uh, pretty much our jobs dictate around is uh-huh. um, getting fit and um, getting strong. So um, you'd have three, two or three leg sessions a week, and then mm-hmm. two or three uh, upper body sessions as well. So. And all those are different. So you might have a boxing session, which is an upper yeah. body session and stuff like that, and uh-huh. swimming. Uh, you've got your bike, um, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And the work in the gym is it um, <coughs> any particular kind of style? Are you doing like a lot of power work, a lot of jumps, or is it just a mixture of things? Again, as it's similar to your um, running drills, stuff okay, like that. It's yeah. dictated towards your position, mm-hmm. your size as well. So um, bigger boys be lifting bigger weights, obviously, and. Um, the more explosive boys will be doing more power, tra- uh, power yeah. training and stuff like that. So, uh, it's a variety as well, um, yeah. which is good. So, you're not st- you're not stuck doing the same yeah, exercises and stuff the whole time. And do you enjoy it? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You like the gym side? I like it? the gym, but I also like. Um, I'd rather be playing football, to be honest. Yeah, um, I think. But it's part of the job. Well, that's it. Like it's it's just preparing you as best as possible for going out to play, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. If you see benefits in the gym and you're getting better, it's obviously going to help you in the. Yeah. So and is there anything now you know if, if you were to come back um if you were to come back here next year and start playing again is there anything that you would take from australia and start doing or is there anything like any particular method or anything that you were doing that you would say every player should implement now or um, i know it's a kind of broad question but yeah it's it's that's quite broad like um and even in terms of you know are you doing like do you do a lot of mobility work is it yoga is it meditation is it certain style of lifting in the gym you know anything uh, like that that you've noticed we do we do yoga and pilates throughout mm-hmm. the week um and a lot of stretching mobility work so that probably the main ones looking after your body throughout the week and actually recovering well from it yeah um but i reckon the main thing would be the mental side of it like uh-huh. obviously yeah i reckon a lot of gaelic footballers out there are struggling with the mental side of it because yeah. 
child with a family and that all this training and games to play as well. So that'll probably be the main thing is just looking after the mental health. I think that's it. And I think Gaelic now is there's so much pressure on it. You know, or at least teams put pressure on themselves to you know, to win and succeed. It's probably hard dealing with that. I think men in general aren't the best at probably dealing with that either. Like yeah, everyone like everyone wants to be the best and yeah. once you see someone else doing better than you, yeah, it takes a toll. That's it, like I think as well with social media too, that you know, there's obviously positives and negatives, but you know, everyone you see certain people doing well or certain people winning, you see it all the time, yeah. constantly reminded about it, it's not good. It's fine ways of dealing with that, like isn't it? It's just pretty much opening up and just chatting about it. that's probably the main thing. I think that's it. Like you know, I think for me, like I would probably get a lot of anxiety around the gym and making sure it's going well. And yeah. I think natural things that happen if you're in any business. Um, but I think definitely, and I don't know if you agree, but like obviously talking is a, is a big one. But to see you doing something physical is definitely like going out and training or running. Like I'm doing a lot of running recently, and you kind of realise you can't think the things away in your head you yeah. have to nearly get out of your body or, or chat yeah. to someone because the more you think the worse it gets yeah you know i'm sure maybe that's, that's something you find too is just doing something physical every day probably that, helped was, a wee bit. that was the main thing for my homesickness was actually just getting out and doing something yeah if i was sitting in the house overthinking everything that was when i was hitting me most so getting out chatting to friends going for a coffee it doesn't have to be you don't have to go out for like yeah. actual gym session or physical session you just have to get out and go for a walk go or something walk, catch up for lunch all that sort of stuff. Definitely. Like, I think, you know, when you see people are maybe in a rut or if you're in a bit of a rut, when you're sitting not doing anything physical or you're sitting all day in the TV or on your phone, that's a bad cycle it's to be in. Like, yeah. Even just getting down to the gym or going for a walk can, can make a big difference. Absolutely. Um, watching Glenn this year in the final, what was that like? Hard? Um, that was, yeah, it was hard, obviously. Um, so I was I was never gonna play. Yeah. Um, the whole build up was pretty much just mind games and trying to get in Marfell's head. There was a like uh, obviously there's a lot of Gaelic ones coming here and it was like, no, I think he's gonna be playing, yeah. like I think he's gonna start for ten minutes and then we brought <laughs> off. I was like, Why the fuck would they do that? Yeah. And then you start thinking, maybe he will play. Um yeah, so it's just yeah, it's just word of mouth and kind of spread yeah. as again it's it's that snowballed a big uh, big time. But I talked out and I was pretty much just gonna be good to be a part of it for the the build up for it, like the buzz and stuff around yeah. the town was unbelievable. And that was my first week home too, so uh -huh. it was a good week to be back. And then I was trying to help out with the team any way I could, whether it be yeah. coaching any tactics I could provide that I could cross over from AFL. Yeah. Um so it was good it was a good experience and it's probably a good experience for the players as well. Yeah. The first time there. You must have been a wee bit tempted to ask them to pitch you on. I was. Um I was number thirty four in the programme and I had yeah. Glenn top underneath and didn't have a number in the back. They didn't have a number thirty four right. for me, so I had bits and everything on, but um again that was that mental side of like, geez, I wanna come on, I wanna help here, but yeah. Um I've I've chose AFL as my journey at the minute, so I'll you, you stick, stick with it like. Um I think though like I think Glenn over the next couple of years should be back there again, like it seems like it's coming that way now. You've mm. kind of been knocking at the door the past year or two. We have, yeah, and there's been a lot of talks like, oh, we've got to we've got to lose one to win one, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, but this year, I, that's one, probably one that got away on us, and we didn't yeah. perform that well. Um, but we have we have a very very young team, so yeah, um, probably the best has come. Do you think you know the big performance of the and the high of beating Slackneil in the semi final? Do you think that maybe affected the final? You know, do you have the yeah. you just can't raise that level of performance again or do you think it was something separate altogether? Uh it probably played honestly it probably played a factor in it. Yeah. Um but I thought the training and stuff 
the build up that was was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it all comes down to that one day. Like sometimes just doesn't work out. Like does it? Exactly. You can have the best build up and then not perform, which we did. Yeah. Like, so I was um I was at the semi final. Like and I thought it was class because you could see how much it meant to everybody in Glen to get to the final. It was almost like he's won the championship Absolutely. in the semi final. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, it was it was like great to be like to see it, um, because it did honestly feel like you're like. Is this the final, then, Matt? Yeah. Here, you know, because you could see people wanted it so badly. So, um, you can, you would think over the next couple of years, they should be there, thereabouts. Uh, I hope so. Like it was a massive thing for the town, obviously beating the, the neighbours with yeah. Sackney's success over the last five years too. Like, like so, um, there's no point winning the semi-final and losing the final. Like yeah. we got the got the all way. What about that controversial issue at the end? What was your thoughts on that? Um, well so I'm, I'm obviously going to be a bit biased here with so sorry just man. to just to give a bit of context and let's listen basically at the end of the game um, uh, who was it again it was was it the referee or uh, who, who Mc kicked the point Kier Kier McFall kicked the point and the referee blew it pretty much just as he kicked it and the ball went over the bar which would have brought it to a draw yep. um, so yeah so that's the issue um I don't know what do you think the, the, the ball was in our, inside our 21 for, I thought like like I wasn't at the game, but I seen that their point obviously, and it seemed like like in any other game you would not have expected the whistle to be blown because he was so close to goal, like he was inside the twenty-one. Yeah. Um. So it was such a bad time to blow the whistle. Um. It did seem like he blew it before he kicked the ball, but at the same point, you know, he was obviously teeing up to kick it at that point, but. Horrible time to blow the whistle. Horrible time. Like, if it was in the midfield, like, no worries at all. Aye. But we were in attack. We were inside the 21. He did blow the whistle before Kieran had kicked it and yeah. had possession of it. But you've still, you've still got to let it play out. Hi, I, f I feel like he probably made a kind of bad decision. Like, he was feeling a bit pressurised, hearing the shouting, yeah. a big crowd at it. Made yeah. a mistake. It, like. was it was in front of the Marfield bench, too, and the manager. So I imagine there's a lot of pressure going into it. The games now, like the Dairy Championship games, are draw some attendance like I think that semi-final was maybe like 6,000 people or something like that it's, it's a great standard like it's a great standard of football like obviously Derry um, Club Championship's really good like great standard and you get all your locals out too and everyone loves yeah. football around here so definitely I, I think it's amazing though that um, and it's not like a diss in, in soccer or anything but like a lot of the sort of semi-professional soccer will not draw that there even yeah. close to it and gets televised and gets so much on and like there's a game a wee game in Ombeg a championship game and it draws 6,000 people and probably yeah. more watching on Twitter and stuff like it's an amazing thing it's unbelievable like, and that's uh, one thing you probably miss is just that local feeling the community feel around there yeah, um, yeah it's obviously pretty special what is I um, so if you're kind of going back now to when you were playing the Macquarie again um, when you were getting recruited, you were starting AFL. Is there anything you think you would do differently, you know, pre preparation-wise, or anything that you maybe think you, you made mistakes at, or anything like that? Um, uh, there's not one that sticks out in mind, to be honest. Um, no, honestly, you wouldn't regret yeah. too much about it, which is, which is a good thing. Definitely. Um, no, I wouldn't change too much about it. And what's the goal going forward, then? You're um, looking... I don't know if you have long-term goals or short-term. What's uh, what's the kind of thoughts? Well, the main thing was probably cementing my spot in the mm -hmm. uh, in the AFL side. Um, I'm on a bit of the fringes at the minute, which is like I'm in and out, and that's when the mental yeah. stress, all that sort of stuff, kicks in. Um, but once I'm in, I've just got to 
me and Tim performance and stay in the team and yeah um cement my spot really and uh, make my make myself a household name in yeah. the AFL. And you like you're chatting there, like there's obviously a lot of pressure in your playing, you're training a lot, your body's getting injured. What's the motivation to kind of keep doing it? Is it just a money thing or like what is the motivation? It's just pretty much to just better myself. Yeah. Um, I've always been the one to push myself and try to get the best out of me. Um, the money thing, oh, it, it's, it also helps. Um, yeah. But the main thing is just pushing myself and I'm not going to be playing sport for like yeah. until I'm after like 30 or 40. Like, and I've just got to make the most out of it as I can now. And I have this opportunity now. Um, yeah. So I've got to make the most out of it. Definitely. This is kind of a bit of a random question, but it just came on, came in there. They see, obviously, like you've been playing a sport and you're getting like a, you're getting a salary for it. Do you think if that came in the Gaelic, do you think it would be a bad thing? Because I think people will think about the negatives and that, like you know, it would ruin the game. Yeah. Playing and that kind of same you know idea of getting money for playing. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing if it was brought in the Gaelic? I don't know what way they work it, but it would be a good thing if they bring it in. Yeah. Um, like the players dedicate their lives around this and their jobs and their family, and they have to make so many sacrifices to mm -hmm. play county football. Um, so some sort. I I don't know what way it would work and what way the like the schedule work for it. Yeah. Um, but it would be a good thing. Would it be match payments? Yeah. Uh, that sort of stuff. Um, but you can't have Dublin and these sort of teams having all this. Yeah, money mm -hmm. and expecting the team from like say Carlo or Leitrim to yeah, I know what you mean to suffer like that. Uh, it's probably one of the things it's easier to talk about, but uh, practically it might not work out that well. It's yeah, it's 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 a hard subject. And everyone's obviously chatted yeah. about the past ten That's years that. or so. So see how it goes. Um, okay, I'm going to finish off the quick fire round. So your best sporting moment? The first McCrory Cup. How come? Uh, probably just being in the team and. Uh, as I said, that spiral of just snowballing and yeah. being the youngest in the team and that sort of stuff was just unbelievable feeling and everyone's feelings after the game was, yeah. was up there. Worst uh, GA moment? Uh, Hogan or sporting moment, sorry? My last Hogan final where I got sent off yeah. for doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll still hold up to that. Well, like whenever that happened, were you annoyed or did you feel like, did you feel embarrassed or how did you feel whenever that happened? I was purely annoyed. Um, when actual when I actually yeah. get sent off and seen the red card and then more embarrassed and um felt like I let the team down after we had lost it so that was yeah it wasn't a great moment yeah um what was the best session after a win best drinking session best drinking session um geez, that's a hard one um you know, after Derry Minor Ulster Derry Miners uh -huh. um. We had a good few days. Without, uh, we had a house party at my house, and then went out to Greenville and Cookstown. Right, and came back to my house. Um, but there's a lot of good sessions out there. Yeah. so it's hard to pick pick one. I would say so. Do you get many? You know, uh, do you always go out to a few beers after games when you're over there? Um, that's that's one thing that's good out there. Is like boys are bringing uh, like the property property boy out there would bring beers into the change yeah. rooms after, and right. you'd have a few beers in the change yeah. room, and then we'd go out after that too. That's good. You just can't be stupid with it, obviously, you're going over the top. Yeah, because you're playing again the following week. Yeah. Um, toughest opponent you've marked? Toughest opponent? Um, Kieran O'Hanlon from Armagh. Mm -hmm. um, it was Ulster final when I was, I was actually pretty young that day, I was 15 as well. 
um, Ulster Club final, um, and I was he was their main man. Yeah, and I had the, the job on him, and it's ridiculous. Like you think you'd have him covered, and then he'd yeah. pull a pull a point out of nowhere. Um, so he'd probably be the hardest one. And um, final final one. What, what's your best advice for anybody that's maybe younger? Um, or even a wee bit older in terms of trying to kind of achieve success or, or achieve your goals? Um, probably just do something you enjoy. Um, there's no point, like people are obviously going to tell you what you want to do and all that sort of stuff, but everyone's life and journey is different, so do something you want to do um, yeah. and your health is your wealth, like, so just look after yourself yeah. when you're doing it. Cool. Good job. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks very much.